Hi everyone and welcome back to Casseleline, the French football podcast brought to you by Breaking the Lines, curated football opinion. Jump on breakingthelines.com website uh, to read the latest article about world football. Uh, there's a great portrait of um, the Korean defender in Napoli who is having to fill up the boots of uh, Koulibaly. Kim Min Jae, of course, and uh, there is also uh, a nice article about you know the, the things that you should remember before the 2022 World Cup. We are talking about potentially, um, and I'm gonna say potentially, it, it has to be for sure, right? Uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo's last uh, World Cup, uh, and, and maybe you know the, the start of a new era in uh, in world football. Uh, there's also a good uh, couple articles about Manchester United, one about Ten Hag and one about the actual defeat 6-3 against Manchester City. So jump in uh, breakingthelights.com. Uh, to read all the, the latest um, opinions and, I guess, um, large articles on world football. Jump in also to the Breaking the Line podcast, um, Corta Linhas, for Portuguese football. There's been a bit going on this week with, uh, um, you know, QSI as well, taking a bit of, uh, putting a bit of money, sorry, in the Braga um, Sporting Club uh, and the uh, Tactics Room by Will Fowler and, of course, the Road to Qatar um, podcast is also on... Um, every episode presenting a team that we should look out for at the 2022 World Cup. In, this, uh, in these two episodes of uh, Castellarine, we're going to first tease Le Classic, Paris Saint-Germain against Marseille. It's this weekend. Um, it was just before match day 10, uh, first against second. Now it's fourth against third after Marseille lost at home against Ajaccio this weekend. Uh, but it is, you know, a game to, to be reckoned with. Uh, I did a, a small, I guess, Uh, half an hour intro to what that game means this season uh, and what it means maybe in the season of both Marseille and Paris Saint-Germain and what we can expect from this game. Um, you know, um, spoiler, alert, uh, spoiler alert, I expect uh, a great classic on Sunday night. Um, and, and then in episode two, of course, I uh, discussed everything uh, round 10 in Ligue 1, which uh, now we only have one team undefeated and it's Paris Saint-Germain. And we don't have any more teams that haven't won anything. Strasbourg finally got a win. Uh, the surprise, of course, came from the Stade Velodrome, where 20th-ranked Ajaccio got a win. Uh, and, and where, um, you know, Marseille, who could have sort of like stuck to, to Paris Saint-Germain and actually leveled them on the table, while instead they lost uh, points and they lost their second spot on the table as well. Um, anyway, um, thank you for listening. Subscribe, rate, Uh, get in touch. Let me know if you have any questions, anything that you want to see. Uh, and don't hesitate um, to give us some feedback as well. Cancelline starts now. Okay, in part one of this French football podcast, Castellini, we are going to talk about Le Classic, who's coming up this weekend. And, and I think it was, I guess, you know, timely to do a bit of a, a, bit of a debrief of where we are right now for both Paris Saint-Germain and, and Marseille, uh, where, what we expect from, from this Classico, right? Le Classic played on um, Sunday night, will be played on Sunday night, I should say, at um, 8.45 French time, 5.45 a.m. here in Australia. I'm looking forward to uh, waking up early for this one. Um, and, and what we probably can expect for the, the six games that will follow this uh, Classic until 
field the World Cup break for um, both teams. So so let's jump into it. I mean, um, to start with, that'd be, uh, yeah, I, I have to say that we have done a pretty thorough um, sort of like classic special episode on Le Classic podcast with my friend uh, Baptiste, who's been on um, on this podcast on Gasoline quite a bit. Um, so I'll I'll make sure that I um, talk about it on Twitter when it comes out. Uh, but do give it a listen. We went through the, the history, I guess, of uh, Le Classic, how it how it came about, the difference between Paris and Marseille as cities, and the difference between Paris and Marseille as football club. Uh, so it was uh, it was fun with with Baptiste and Tom. We took uh, probably about a bit over an hour to talk about I guess Paris and Marseille and what it means for football and in France. So give it a listen when it comes out. I think it should be out on on Friday, hopefully. But anyway, talking about, on this podcast, I want to talk about this game in this season uh, that comes up on Sunday night. So uh, just before the the weekend, of course, there were the two teams that were undefeated in Ligue 1 and there were the two teams that were um, one and two in Ligue 1. That's not the case anymore. Right now, Lorient is in second spot with 25 points. Paris is top with 26 and Marseille is third with 23 points. What that means, though, is if Marseille do win in the park at the Parc des Princes on Sunday night, they'll be level with Paris Saint-Germain. They'll inflict Paris Saint-Germain with their first defeat of the season. Uh, and, and it would be, I think, a very, very, very interesting turn into the season. That That is, in my opinion, a sliding door moment. Uh, and, and we're going to, to talk about it a bit later with what happens uh, in the next six games for, for Marseille. But I think this is a very, very important um, key moment in the, in the Marseille season, in Tudor season. And in the past, we're going to jump into Marseille right now. In, in the past, um, I think in Marseille, there was a bit of this sort of like inferiority complex versus Paris Saint-Germain, which which is, you know, fair because Paris Saint-Germain has such a, a strong team and Marseille has been, it looks like in rebuilding mode for 15 years now where every two years they change the way they're doing things and it's a new coach, a new sporting director. Now it's been a new president uh, and, and it looks like there was no continuity. Uh, I mean, th- this year is is not no stranger to that with uh, Saint Paoli leaving just before the beginning of the preseason and uh, Tudor coming at the 26 hours, really 25th hour uh, is the English um, saying. Uh, so so it's it feels the same. But um, in the past, Marseille, when they traveled to Paris Saint Germain, whether it was under Saint Paoli or under uh, Andre Villas Boas, there was all this sort of like communication of this is not the game that we have to win. This is not the game uh, where we have to take points. We have to take points of every other game. Paris Saint-Germain is in the league of their own, blah, 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 blah. I would hope that under Tudor, this changes. I mean, we, we're talking about a coach that has, of course, all that Juventus experience and that high-level experience and that knows that if he wants to, uh, you know, mingle with the top of the table up until the end, he needs to take this Paris Saint-Germain game um, seriously. And it's also uh, a game that is played on Sunday and then there's a week off to to recover, which is a luxury that neither of those teams have had uh, for the past eight weeks uh, playing in uh, in Champions League and, and Ligue 1 every three days. Um, there's nothing going on next week, uh, midweek. It's a, it's a little break in the Champions League calendar as well. Uh, and then the, the last game of Champions League will be played, uh, the last two games, so it will be played uh, from the week after onwards. So for Marseille, there is something to do. Um, now, if we look, of course, at Marseille's form, uh, well, it's not great. The last three games, it's uh, a draw against uh, Rennes, a win in Angers, which um, you know some could 
could deem lucky. And uh, a defeat this weekend, of course, at home against Ajaccio. It's always when uh, when Marseille plays the, the lower team that they struggle. And, and although they avoided that since the beginning of the season, uh, well, they finally got caught. Um, they had considered as many goals as Paris Saint-Germain before this weekend. They only had considered five goals. And this weekend, they, they considered two. So they are now the second best defense in the league with seven goals. Considered 20 goals scored. And that's probably where maybe there's an issue with Marseille. I mean, 20 goals great in 10 games. It's uh, obviously... A, uh, if my math is correct, it's an average of two goals per game. Um, but we don't have um, in Marseille an out goal scorer. Uh, it's four goals for um, Alexis Sanchez. It's three goals um, from Luis Suarez. And then it's like uh, uh, plenty of players who basically contributed. Two from Gerson, three from Nuno Tavares, one from Gigo, one from Bem Bemba, one from Klaus, one from Gendouzi, etc., etc. So it's it's not one goal scorer who's making the difference and who's um, helping them every week. It is, um, I guess, a succession of players who have um, participated up front. And I think what is also important to note is if we look at, you know, who started the game for Marseille. So you got, you know, a little bit of, um, I guess, a little bit of continuity when you go to defense. And Bemba have started all 10 games in in the um, centre-back. Balerdi has started 9 out of 10. Close, 9 out of 10. He didn't play this weekend, of course, because he was injured. Uh, And then you got Gendouzi and Rongier who've started 8 out of the 10 games. But if you go um, into the forward players... Um, Sanchez only started six out of the 10 games. Um, Stengizunder, only four of them. Payet, only four of them. Uh, Luis Suarez, only two of them. So you can see that there is definitely a, a pretty heavy turnover up front. I mean, Arkadius Milik, of course, had started the first two ones before he got transferred out to Juventus. Um, so th- there is still that feeling of early days for Marseille and, um, you know, Igor Tudor really figuring out what is best starting 11 is. And it doesn't really look like um, turnover for the sake of turnover because of European games. It looks more like turnover because players are not informed yet. Players are not ready. I mean, we've just seen Bemba Jeng finally coming back into um, onto the bench and going in uh, the past couple of games. We've seen a, a, a tiny little bit of um, Suleiman Touré um, coming in and then Isaac Touré, sorry, um, I don't know why it's called Suleiman Touré on, on the website that I'm looking right now. Uh, Isaac Touré coming in a little bit and then uh, and then not really participating anymore. Um, so it looks like a team who's, who's looking for their best starting 11 and who hasn't quite found it yet. I mean, in the past few games, the more dangerous players have been, you know, I mean, Harit um, when he came off the bench uh, and, and of course Alexis Sanchez uh, when he got involved from the beginning and, and was sort of putting that pressure high early on. We've seen that, of course, working very well in the in the Champions League last week. So, so it, it is a team that is still, I think, not um, completely ready. Uh, you know, Igor Tudor is obviously still, obviously, I've uh, have been only on the bench for ten games in Ligue 1, and then uh, the, the three that were in Champions League. So we could see some surprises. We could see a, a different approach to the game in Paris Saint Germain. Um, Tudor has already always, you know, pressed high uh, and try and put that pressure from from the get go. Uh, you know, is he going to change something when he goes to Paris and he knows the firepower that is uh, ahead of him? Not sure, but I think he will still see the opportunity of of getting a result because of of the 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 form of lack thereof, I guess that Paris has shown, but also as a way for Marseille to kind of bounce back from that loss at home against Ajaccio. And I think, you know, um, Tudor, although he said that he didn't hear it, uh, was booed for the first two games at the Velodrome. He knows that if he gets a result at Paris or if he loses with with Panache, I guess, um, he will get the respect from Marseille fans. He will be a bit more accepted into the, the Marseille um, sort of... Um, 
entourage network, I should say, um, and it will get a bit more recognition. It's, it is going to be about the players. We don't know if uh, Jonathan Close is going to be back. Uh, a player like Gendouzi, a player like Rangier will be uh, very important. Paolo Lopez, who uh, out of the seven games that he uh, played, got four clean sheets, is of course going to be very important as well as a keeper because, you know, make no mistakes, Marseille will have to defend and defend well against Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, they will be under pressure. They need to make the, the most of uh, what they've been doing well since the beginning of the season, which is using the width of the pitch um, and, and trying to, you know, be, be lethal and be clinical in, in front of goals like they did when they play in Angers. Uh, funnily enough, just like last year with Saint-Paul, you're right, Marseille sometimes looks a bit more comfortable um, away from home than they do uh, at home. I mean, the only points uh, lost in uh, in Ligue 1 this season, I think, were all uh, at home. So it's always uh, it's always a bit of the paradox, right? With with Marseille, it looks like they are set up. Oh, sorry, they did lose uh, two points at Brest on, on Game 2. Uh, but yeah, they look like they are set up. And then um, the, the Vélodrome, who is supposed to be their biggest help sometimes, um, become their uh, their handicap, uh, but but yeah, like since we're talking about the results since the beginning of the season, uh, Marseille may may have surprised some um, you know some Ligue 1 followers with their results. I not anticipated up until this weekend, uh, but but for the the people who follow Marseille, you know it's a uh, it's that two one against Lille, one one against uh, Rennes, the win in Angers three zero was I mean you know down, down to a bit of luck, the win against Clermont at home one zero was. Um, sort of like, I guess, uh, you know, shaky up until the very end. So they're not convincing yet. They're definitely not showing enough creativity up front. And even though um, PSG has their woes, um, PSG look more dangerous. It's going to be a matter of, of the mindset, I think, for Marseille and of not going to, to the Parc des Princes thinking there's no way we're going to win that game. And then maybe they have a shot of doing it. You know, if we see, um, I think if we see a, a great game from somebody like Gendouzi or, or Rangier in the middle to try and nullify the, the PSG attack before they start. And if we see, I guess, less wasted opportunities from the two players on the wings, um, we will need one of the big boys to to step up, right? A Payet or an Alexis Sanchez. Those are the kind of game that they should thrive on. We know that Payet has always been a little bit criticized for not stepping up into those big games. Uh, he did deliver an assist uh, last time they won in Paris Saint-Germain on that free kick for uh, for Tovin, but I think we want to forget about that game. If you remember at the end of it, there was that all those fights and those um, racist allegations and etc. Um, so he, he will want to step up on that game, but Alexis Sanchez is a player that we know uh, enjoy those games, enjoy um, when there's that much passion in there and he's going to be there or there about to try and cause issues um, for for Paris Saint-Germain. In the Marseille team, um, like I said, we, we don't know if Klaus will be back. The rest of the team, everybody should be ready, really. There's Eric Bailly, who's still like injured, not injured and, and not quite uh, playing for Marseille. But otherwise, the team that they could um, put forward against Paris should be um, supposedly their best team. Of course, again, we don't know yet what that best team looked like. Uh, and I think, you know, playing in Portugal midweek when they won 4-1 against the Sporting last week and now they're going to play on Wednesday um, over there in, in in Portugal to try and get a result against a team that is probably a little bit, um, I guess, a little bit touching their pride, uh, Sporting, to, uh, to have considered four goals at the Velodrome. It's going to be a, a tough one as well for Marseille because they might... And they might um, suffer a, a loss in in Champions League that could affect their confidence. But I think it's it's good to play uh, Paris just after. J- just yeah, if we if we look 
just ahead uh, Marseille after they play Paris Saint-Germain, so they have their week break. And then they play Lens, which, which is no, um, no small feat. And after that, it's the game against Frankfurt in Germany um, in the Champions League. Then they go to Strasbourg, who, although they've been struggling, are always a, a strong team at home. Then it's Champions League again. They receive, they host Tottenham. Uh, then they host Lyon. And, and, you know, Laurent Blanc just took over Lyon. So who knows between now and November 7 what Lyon uh, team will be there. And they finish just before the break at Monaco in Monaco. Uh, and Monaco has having uh, is having a good start of the season. So it's not... It's definitely not an easy um, sort of like end of the first part of the season for uh, for Marseille. You know, Paris, Lens, Frankfurt, Strasbourg, Tottenham, Lyon, Monaco. It's going to be a real test for the Marseille player and for Igor Tudor as well to see if he can bring this team to to what he wants to to get, I guess, which is um, if it's not a title race, at least it's the Champions League race uh, because this is where Marseille should or would like to be um, year in, year out. Anyway, let's talk about the, the home team, the reigning champions, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, before they face Marseille. So Paris Saint-Germain took a dream start, right, of the of the season after winning the Trophée des Champions 4-0. Uh, they, just, they just smashed everyone 17 goals in the first um, three games in Ligue 1. Um, and then a draw against Monaco, but then they, they sort of like got back on their horse and six goals in, in two games at Toulouse and at Nantes. Uh, and it looked like Paris Saint-Germain was going to be unstoppable again this season. And then, somehow, with the Champions League coming in, we saw Paris Saint-Germain a little bit more fragile, a little bit more, I guess, uh, seen by their uh, by their opponents. It's only a 1-0 win against Brentz, 1-0 win in Lyon, 2-1 against Nice, and then this 0-0 this weekend against Reims in uh, Champagne. And of course, you, you can't expect a team to win every single game, but we can see a little bit of the that form and a little bit of that free-flowing football that we've seen in the first three, four games. Um, sort of, I don't know if it's disappearing, but at least uh, changing a little bit. It, it There are a few reasons to explain that. Um, I think one of them would be the, the turnover that uh, Galche is trying to pull on into his team. Uh, and when I say turnover, you know, the difference between Marseille and, and Paris is in Marseille, if you look at the starters, it's all defense. In Paris, if you look at the usual starters, you have Donnarumma who started all 10 games in Ligue 1. And then you have Marquinhos and Sergio Ramos who started all nine games. And of course, Ramos won't play against Marseille because he got a red card uh, against Reims. Uh, but then Messi started nine games, Neymar started eight games, Mbappe started eight games. So the, the front three, of course, the three stars of the um, of the team have played uh, eight, have started eight or nine of the 10 games uh, and have played all of them um, at least nine of the 10 games, um, Neymar being the one who played all 10 games. Uh, so eight starts and, and twice from the bench. So we have, of course, a bit more continuity up front. It's maybe in the midfield that things have, have changed a bit. The, the Verratti-Vicinia pairing that started uh, got moved a bit. Of course, they've, they've recruited so many midfielders in the off-season between Fabian Ruiz and Renato Sanchez and Carlos Soler uh, that they had to make a, a bit of change. Uh, Carlos Soler had his first start over the weekend. Fabian Ruiz, it was his third start in, in Reims. Uh, and Renato Sanchez, um, you know, he only had one start, but um, got involved in, in six games. So they are starting to have that turnover going on in the middle of the, the Champions League games. Uh, and, and it's, I guess, maybe it is why he's disrupting a little bit their form. Some of those players, of course, uh, you know, Vitinha, um, Fabian Ruiz and Carlos Sorer and Nordi Mukiele, of course, as well. They're, that's their first season in Ligue 1, so they have to get used to it. Um, you know, some would argue that it's Sergio Ramos' real first season in Ligue 1 as well. Uh, but, but then for, for the, the rest of the team, you, you would, I think, expect 
maybe a little bit more. Uh, you know, the, the best defender this season seems to be Danilo Pereira. Uh, Marquinhos is uh, uncharacteristically um, out of form, might be a bit of a strong word, but at least not as dominant as we are used to see him. Uh, and same for the, the rest of the defense, you know. Uh, Sergio Ramos has been okay without being uh, super impressive and the third defender, whether it's Kimpembe uh, or, uh, or um, sorry, Mukele spent a couple of uh, games in uh, central defense. It's just not, it's just not as strong as you expect from Paris Saint-Germain. So there, there's always, 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 always this narrative about Paris Saint-Germain that this time of the year doesn't matter. The matter, the time that matters is when we go to um, the final rounds of Champions League because that is their real objective and they should be able to cruise through Ligue 1 without worrying too much. But I think this weekend is going to be the, the game where they need to step it up when they play against Marseille because if they don't, uh, well, they can find themselves A, um, leveled with Marseille on the table, but also passed by Lorient, who's been in a, in great form uh, to, to start the season and, and would be uh, very happy to uh, to see uh, Marseille and Paris Saint-Germain, um, I guess, have a, a result that is positive um, for, for them. If you if you look at um, Lorient and the, the run of games that they have, if we do a little bit of a, of a digression, um, Lorient on the weekend will play against Reims and then the following week um, Lorient is playing in Troyes. Uh, so they have a couple of games that are going their way then they are hosting Nice uh, and then they're hosting Paris Saint-Germain. So Lorient could, you know, if they keep their, their solid run of form, could uh, you know, sort of trouble the party at the top of the table like they've already been doing since the beginning of the of the season. Uh, but anyway, back to Paris Saint-Germain and if we look a little bit more at their tactical approach of the of the past few games um it, it's been it's unfortunately again been overly reliant on the talent of their individuals playing up front leo messi is is sort of back to his messi level you know five goals and seven assists since the beginning of the season uh, neymar after a uh, a really a really strong start i don't know I don't know what kind of superlative we can use for what he did in the first three, four games, uh, but he's right now at eight goals and, and seven assists. And, and I guess, um, strangely enough, Kylian Mbappe is the one that everybody talks about. Eight goals, uh, not one assist, and, and some behavior that are that seem to be a little bit disruptive in the middle of the uh, locker room. When Christophe Galtier took over Paris Saint-Germain, I, I said it as well, and I think the the expectations, whether he was going to come in, maybe bring a little bit more discipline, bring a little bit more, um, I guess, of his winning mentality and his no-nonsense mentality, not accepting any of the, like any of the, um, what's the word in English? Uh, you know, when, when a baby wants something and complains about it, like not accepting any of that, not putting up with any of this. Uh, yeah, it looks like that's what's happening from, from Mbappe a little bit. Tantrum is the word I was looking for. Um, so yeah, it looks like there's a bit of that tantrum going on from Mbappe and it's not something that is helpful, um, especially when you pair that with the fact that they haven't been you know, all too solid in defense. I mean, we've seen uh, Donnarumma um, having to to do quite a bit in uh, in in the post for Paris Saint Germain, and it might be something that we're not used to. He's had to do um, 28 saves since the beginning of the season, so it's a, it's an average of of 2.8 save um, a game, and it's only it it's against 30 33 excuse me 33 shots um, on target. So there is. Uh, openings created uh, and there are opportunities for their opponent uh, mind you out of those uh, out of those 33 shots like I said he's only 
conceded five goals and it's six clean sheets in 10 games so far. So it's not like they're doing uh, bad defensively, but they rely on Donnarumma to be in form. And we know that Donnarumma has a mistake in him. Um, so so if we, yeah, go, going back to the to the tactics and to how they're going to play, um, they're most likely not going to have Kimpembe. They're not going to have Sergio Ramos. Uh, so now Marquinhos is the only real center defender that's available. Uh, Danilo Pereira, who's been good in that position for the past couple of games, will be there. Most likely, Norji Mukiele will be next to him. I, I doubt that they'll put, you know, a young player like El Shaddai Bichabu or or something like that in defense for a game that important. I don't think that they'd put uh, a player like um, Juan Bernat or Nuno Mendes in the in the back three as well, unless they go to a 4-4-2 for that game against Marseille. Uh, but it's two teams that, you know, usually would play the same shape, that sort of 3-4-3, 3-5-2. But Paris Saint-Germain has been criticized for only defending with, um, you know, with seven players on the pitch because the, the, top, the front three don't make that much effort defensively. Uh, and I think that's going to be put to the test this weekend. I, you know, I, I would argue that it's not true that the top three is not defending, but they might be pressing a little bit less than others. I mean, they have the smarts to to put themselves uh, in the way of the other team's build-up. So they, they they know how to do that without having to, to be seen running around all the time. Uh, but we know that against Marseille, Neymar, who's who's taken two two red cards in the last um, four times that he faced Marseille, I think, uh, five times. Um, we, we know that he will, uh, he understands and he knows the importance of that game and he will try and, and sort of like put his best foot forward. Mbappé as well, of course, loves to score in the big games and he always wants to be seen against Marseille. Lionel Messi starts to understand uh, the importance of that game. He's seen it last year, what, what happened uh, both in Paris uh, and then the, the um, return game at the Velodrome. Uh, so, so I think it's going to be an important game for Paris to show that they're not just sort of like overlooking Ligue 1 and they want to dominate Ligue 1. Uh, and again, it's not, it's not always that the result of the game could decide who's at the top of the ladder at the end of it. Uh, and, and I think Paris Saint-Germain is going to be mindful of that. Um, they have, mind you, we were talking about the what happens after the Classic. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain, after the Classic, they have a bit of a, a nicer run of game, I guess. Um, they go to... So they obviously, they, they are playing against Benfica um, tomorrow morning because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm recording this on Tuesday here in Australia. Tomorrow morning, they host Benfica, then it's Marseille. Then they go to Ajaccio, then it's the... Um, fifth game of championship against Maccabi Haifa then it's Troyes then they go to Juventus they go to Lorient which is a harder game than he might have looked at first and then the last game before the break is against Auxerre at home so you know in those games if you remove Lorient it's Auxerre, Troyes and Ajaccio so it's three teams that are more so in the bottom of the table and that should be wins for PSG. So, you know, PSG could potentially let go that game against Marseille uh, and then still be okay because they would get three wins at least out of the four uh, games left after that. So so it's not as crucial as it is for Marseille, who, Mar- who is having that tough run afterward, uh, that it is for Paris Saint-Germain. But I think psychologically, uh, it is a game that has maybe a bit more importance that we might have seen in the past and that will have a, a direct um, direct influence on, on what the table is. Paris Saint-Germain wins against Marseille and now and now they're putting them six points behind them. They put Marseille potentially uh, behind Lens, behind Monaco, uh, two teams that are just behind Marseille and Lens will be hosting uh, Montpellier while Monaco will be hosting Clermont. So you could expect uh, those two teams to potentially get the three points. Uh, so it could be a, a good way for Paris Saint-Germain to to really calm Marseille's ambitions and to potentially uh, sort of like 
put in motion the wheels of a crisis in Marseille. Because if Marseille doesn't win in Portugal this midweek against uh, Sporting Portugal, and if they don't win at the end of the week when they go to Paris, and then the next game it's going to be the the um, hosting Lens, which is always a hard game for Marseille. That could be the beginning of some pretty pretty poor results, and, and Marseille wants to avoid that. But Paris would, of course, be very happy to see the the team that has been. Um, breathing behind their neck uh, on the table to to enter a, a period of I guess um, lesser form to try and and take as much points as possible and to be more comfortable before the the second part of the season. I think one thing that is probably worth noting as well when we talk about this game, um, Paris Saint-Germain against Marseille in in recent years has been a game that sometimes has been less about football and more about. Um, you know, the aggressivity and sometimes not the, the right way. Uh, and, and we are looking at two very different teams when it comes to that. Marseille is a team full of players that somehow don't really have much to lose, I guess. Um, and, and by that, I mean that, you know, if there's red cards or if there's um, injuries or things like this, it's not like they're going to um, miss the World Cup, basically. Uh, but Paris Saint-Germain is a team of basically World Cup players. Uh, We're looking at Lionel Messi, who's gearing up for basically the last World Cup of of his career. Um, Neymar, who's, you know, he's only only 30 years old, but um, it it could be the last World Cup where he's in in full power. Kian Mbappé, of course, we know the importance of the World Cup. Um, And Marquinhos, Vitinha, Nuno Mendes, all those players, uh, they know there's a, a very big... Um, rendezvous coming from them and the last thing they would want is to get injured before that World Cup happens. So, you know, maybe they'll dial it down against Marseille and for the next uh, six games as well because it's it's too important for them, uh, th- this competition. And that's something that potentially Marseille could take at their advantage um, because, you know, of course, football players, when they're on the pitch, probably they don't calculate, uh, but it has to be in the corner of their head that they don't want to miss the the biggest event of the year on on an injury in domestic um in domestic competition when potentially the the league is almost won before it starts for Paris Saint-Germain right um year in year out so um so yeah so you know I, I think it's going to be um a fantastic game I think it's going to it is highly expected and I think it's going to live up to the expectations that I really don't expect I'm saying expecting a lot right now. I really don't expect Tudor to go to uh, Paris Saint-Germain to just, uh, you know, thank them for how great they are and let them walk all over Marseille. So I expect a battle at the Parc des Princes and, and I hope that it's going to be a battle that stays within the rules of football, that we don't see any red cards that shouldn't be there, that the referee doesn't make an appearance that we don't need to see uh, and that it's all about just great players playing great football and they are... Uh, a solid amount of uh, of sort of like antagonism between the two teams, but nothing that's, of course, uh, below the belt. Uh, anyway, it's, it's going to be a great game. It's on Sunday night, 8.45 p.m. French time, uh, 5.45 a.m., I say it again, uh, here in Australia. Uh, and it's going to be a game that, like I said, could be a sliding door moment for the rest of the season and will definitely sort of either sort of push Marseille up to another positive um spiral or could be the game that kind of starts a, a mini crisis in south of france and it's always something that is happening uh, in in marseille so it's always good to see when he when it starts uh, be, before it happens anyway um that was part one of castle ligne a bit of a uh, a bit of a classical um teaser of course like i said um 
tune in to, to Le Classic podcast when they release that episode. I think it will be on Friday uh, because we, we've spoken for an hour about the history of that game. Uh, and tune in as well to, to, to Marseille View. I made a, a guest appearance on the Marseille View, which is a Marseille podcast um, this week where we talked about the form of Marseille in recent weeks and a little bit about Le, Le Classic and what we expect from them. Um, of course, part two of Casse de Ligne is coming and we'll talk about all the other games in uh, round 10 of Ligue 1 and the games that uh, Marseille and Paris didn't take three points in. Mm-hmm.